Alright, so here's another daily learning little informal unprofessional podcast here on Anchor. Um, this is the daily musings, lessons learned, what I learned most from the day podcast. And today I know that I'm leaving you normally just with my thoughts very much me. But right now I'm here lying in bed with Naomi after a very intense day. Um, with God, thank God you said intense day then. I had no idea where you were going. With none other than... Shush, we're not going there, young lady. And anyway, so on that unprofessional note, what have we learned today? <laughs> so what have we been doing today, first name, set the scene? Okay, so we arrived in Atlanta, Georgia at uh, 1 o'clock this morning. No, about 12 o'clock this morning. We got to our hotel about 1 and we got to sleep at about 2. We woke up about, what time, babes? About 6 and got ourselves ready to go out and see... Um, our US family, we call them E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher and C.J. So that's what we did today. And we didn't even know really what we were doing. All we no. knew was we were catching up with Eric. Yep. yep. Um, so we kind so. of messaged the boys last week and said, hey, we're going to be in America. Where are you? Um, we'll come and visit you. So that's what we did. So we came out to Atlanta, Georgia. And that freaked them out that they, you know, that we flew all, the, in their mind, flew all the way to Atlanta when you know, when you put that in context, it's still only one extra little tiny bit of a plane trip compared to the fourteen hours to get to the states, you know. So, uh, so it's good. Yeah, but and for it, them, yeah. it was a massive, uh, massive effort on our part. Yeah, if you check my timeline, and depending on when you're listening to this, if you check my feed, uh, you'll see you know crash tackling me. Actually, if you check Eric's stories on Instagram. Yep. You'll see him crash tackling me with a big giant hug. But stories disappear after. That's why I don't like stories. They disappear after 24 hours. Don't like them. I like it to last forever. So you can say, go have a look at my timeline a couple of months ago, and then you see ET. But anyway. So um, so it turned out to be, well, just uh, let us know, what, what, what did it turn out to be this day we were at? Well, what it was was Eric's, ET's uh, eldest child, Jalen, um, was putting on a a camp for kids. It's a two day camp, uh, and they it's based around basketball. But what they do is, it, well, they've used basketball as kind of the fishing line, I suppose, or the or the hook to get these kids in. And they run um, a, a camp on basketball, but they install into the kids as well. A huge component of it, of course, is mindset and. Um, getting these kids to think differently. So they're young kids too. Look, they start from about the age yeah. of 10 and they go up to 15. Yeah. So They don't want any 17-year-olds in there. No, they, they, don't, don't, they don't want any 17-year-olds in there. But the, also the other thing that they do as well in this is that they invite the parents to come along for a parents-only session with ET as well. So it's hugely powerful. I mean, it's just... It's amazing. It covers all angles. And we wow. first we experienced it firsthand today. And, um, yeah, it was just... Absolutely well, amazing. And, and and the thing is, and I'm going to give you my lesson in a minute, so bait your breath because it's a biggie. But um, mm-hmm. the thing that to note with that, with the parents there and all of that, is these guys, you know, they're underprivileged, aren't like our under. I suppose they are like our underprivileged. Just there's more of them. Like yeah, most probably. people in the US are either lower class or wealthy. The middle class is kind of dying with the death of things like the motor industry and things like that. So most of these kids are would be considered not well off, certainly, you know, lower class, um, you know, but certainly not middle yeah, class. I mean, the, so the, cl- the school we went to today, yeah, the school we went to, went to today can barely afford computers for these kids, so... You well, know, no, they can't Well, no, there computers. are some computers, but there's oh, not okay. a lot 
for a whole, if you could imagine, an entire high school from year um, seven all the way up to year 12. And in fact, in America here, it's year six to year 12, yeah, but they call school, it junior yeah. school, middle, middle school, school yeah. et cetera, et cetera. There's probably, I don't know, maybe 10 computers that the students have yeah. access to, and that's it. So no iPads, nothing like that at all. So for some of these kids, basketball or something similar is their only way out. Yeah. Um, so it, it really was a cool day. What I love is it was Jalen's first event. That's E.T.'s uh, young man, who you would have heard Eric talk about in various podcasts and things. So, uh, And credit to him. He pulled it off. Two-day events, 65 or something kids there. Fed, watered, um, you know, everything. Yeah. So, no, it was very, very cool. Yeah, he did so, a great job. Yeah. So my lesson for the day, because that's what I do on this podcast now, is I just chuck it up. It's informal, and I just give a learning that I got from the day. So mine was, while Eric was talking... Uh, to the parents, he, um, I was just sitting there in the audience, just chatting and listening, and you know, I, I went up and sat down in the school chairs with the kids or with the parents, you know, where the kids normally sit because it was in a school classroom, maybe about fifteen people. And isn't that interesting that ET went and spoke for like, you know, fifteen parents for free. Then he spoke to the sixty kids, the little ones for free, you know, and as not just because his kid was the promoter of this. Eric does that all the time. I was with E once uh, a couple of years ago and we drove for an hour and a half to give a free 20 minute keynote to a group of kids and then an hour and a half back to his house. Um, crazy. So he does this all the time. Uh, but what Eric did was, I wasn't expecting it, but he, he, he said, now Glenn, maybe you can help me out because one of the questions that one of the guys asked kind of lent itself to entrepreneurship, I suppose. So Eric um, dragged me up in front of these parents and um, I think in part just so they could hear an Australian accent so they could truly know how global he was perhaps, I don't know, but man, it really felt like Michael Jordan, you know, threw me a pass and that's pretty cool. I could have just dropped the ball and froze, which certainly was what I felt like doing. Said, ah, oh, no, this is your deal, man. But no, when Michael Jordan drops you, they call it the rock. That's the basketball. The, when, Michael, when Michael Jordan gives you a no-look pass, because I wasn't expecting it, so it's a no-look pass. So I had to, I suppose, have a little shot. So then what he did was, so I had a little talk to, to those parents, which was cool, and they, um, they were all wanting to know more about, about what we do and, and about entrepreneurship and, and things like that, and about maybe using entrepreneurship to get out of the hood. One guy asked me, should he quit his job and go all in? And, you know, now that's hard advice to give. And I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I advised him not to, Gnomes, but was, it was that good advice, you know? Oh, look, I think the advice you gave him was spot on and um, it was exactly what it should have been. And, and that it's actually something that you say to our, our current clients is that working um, in your business happens from, you know, kind of those daylight hours or all those business hours and working on your business is done once the kids have gone to sleep, homework's done, you know, the food has been cooked and everybody's happy. You work on your next um, path or your next journey after you've finished today's journey because some people don't have that luxury of being able to cut one and go straight into the other. They mm. need to be continually putting food on the table. And I think that was perfect advice, perfect advice. Well, but then, you know, I think it was safe advice because what my advice for him was, because he wants to be an entrepreneur, I think, and he didn't explain to me what that entrepreneur was. I didn't know whether he was good at it or not. So what my advice was, was keep your job 
and do your entrepreneur thing that you're thinking of throwing in your job to go in on, work that between 6 p.m. and midnight or 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whatever it is that when you would be watching whatever show you'd be watching or whatever basketball game you'd be watching or whatever you'd be doing, work on just to make sure there's life in the entrepreneurial tank. You know, and I suppose the equivalent of what Naomi's talking about there is I tell my guys, you know, in real estate, do the business of real estate, of listing and selling, of prospecting, even though I don't like prospecting, I like people marketing. But here's the thing, if you've got a prospect to put food on the table, then you do all that stuff during business hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And all this marketing stuff that you need to install to get your phone to ring, do that after 8 p.m. till midnight at night when it's inappropriate to be talking with humans. If you can do that for three years, man, you've owned it. That's it, you win. But and that's the difference. I don't think most people are willing to do that. So that was my my lesson, my, my not my lesson for today that I learned, but that was the lesson I gave him. That was pretty yeah. cool. And then we went down and talked to. I tell you, I talked to the hardest audience I've ever talked to, ever. Sixty mm-hmm. ten year olds. That is an audience that is unforgiving. If you bore them for a second, which I think I did for a minute, like they don't want to hear about success, and they certainly don't know anything about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who that is? All the parents love Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the kids have no idea who that is. So I told them the story about my kids buying their own PlayStation and how, you know, and I asked my kid how old he was. He said 11. Oh, 11, that's no excuse. You can do it. Because my kids were 9, 6, and 3, I think, uh, when they earned $300 off their own sweat um, selling melt-your-own-soap. So I told them that story. That was pretty cool. That was fun. But I tell you, that is, I've now, I've, now, I've now found my practice ground. I can practice on kids at schools because they're the hardest ones. All right, now I'm going to let you tell the stupid story of the stupid 15-year-olds. Who, me? Yes, you. Oh. They weren't stupid. I was stupid. No, but... I reckon you're wrong. I reckon 10-year-olds <laughs> are the toughest. I reckon a group of yeah. male... Yeah, 13 to 15-year-olds. 15, 15 15 <laughs> because if you don't talk their lingo and you don't know what's you know part of them, then... Man, they're a hard crowd to... Yeah, they were to, um, They're harder All because the kids. they're nah. totally unforgiving and, and they'll yeah. even kind of giggle at you a little bit. Yeah, and roll their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So I reckon they're the toughest. So as long yeah. as you ignore them while you're talking to them, then I think you're good. But um, what were you talking No, about? I was right in with them. I was locked in. I was seeing which ones were engaged, which ones were a bit... Because I tell you, the trouble ones, the ones that you need to impact, are the ones that are sitting there not engaged. Yeah, I guess. Because they think there's nothing they can get from this. Correct. You know? So there was that dude at the back that, that I said, you know, I asked him the question, um, if you couldn't fail, what would your goals be? And I told him the story how Eric Thomas, who was hosting that event in some ways, I mean, Jalen was hosting it, but E.T. was there and all over it. And um, I asked him that question. And he said, because uh, a lot of the kids were saying, go to the NBA. So I said, and he said, uh, I guess go to the NBA. I had to call him on it, you know. I guess isn't going to get you there. Yeah. Any goal that's preceded by, I guess, as your grand dream, if you couldn't fail goal, that ain't your goal. Yeah. So I had to tell him that. Yeah. But anyway, you can pretty cool. You no, can say what cool. about the bit that amused you no oh end. Oh, my God. It was a... Goodness. Um, it was, so here I am. Actually, you know what? At that point in time, I was the only female in the room. That's true. With about, um, I don't yeah, know... 50 men, probably. 50... Yeah, African, 50 boys. African-American and, men. Yep. So, And not that that's an issue, but, you know, I just want to set the scene there. All amazingly incredible human beings because they're all there giving their time. It's school holidays. Oh, you mean the, the, the coaches? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, so all the coaches, yeah, there wasn't 50 then. There no. would have been... 
there would have been eight coaches yeah. scattered around the room and yeah. 50 young men, 13 to 15 And look, these, you know, you've got to understand, guys, that these kids um, need this sort of stuff. They need these mentors. They need these, you know, elders, with want of a better word. You know. Oh, what about, before you get to that, what about that question that freaked you out, that kind of that freaked me out too? Which one was that? The, um, tell me, kids, how many of you? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the guys said to these kids, you know, Put your hand up if you know someone who has been um, shot and killed. If you know somebody personally who has been shot and killed, someone from your family, every single kid in that room put their hand up. And that, you know, and that is just a sobering, sobering fact that this is part of their this is part of their life. This is normality for them. This is this is what happens in their in their worlds. I mean, they are um, they're subject to this at a very, very early age. And you get groups of mentors like these coaches and teachers and people like Jalen and Eric and, and the entire team, ET and the entire team, who put mentors together to try and change the thinking pattern of these young men uh, and try and, and even as young as 10, you know, and ET actually says it's, it's easier if we get 10-year-olds because we can change their thinking better. So... The forces out there in the in the street are dragging these young men one way, and these mentors in the classroom and in these camps are trying to drag these young men in a different direction. And you know what? They're starting to make a mark over here, and I think that it's really it's it's really encouraging to see um, so many um, young men taking different paths than what we may have traditionally seen African American men take. So anyway, to get on with the story, Glenn was talking about. Well, no, they just, let's just set the scene, they just chucked me in, and I didn't know what I was doing in that room. They said, they said, oh, he, you know, go in there, there's a speaker, and I'm not, they didn't, no, they didn't say anything. No. They just led us by the hand into a room and chucked room, us in there. They took us from one room yeah. to another. They didn't say a word, right? So we thought they were in there to watch the speaker that was on. Yeah. And then some official-looking dudes, I think he might have been from the NBA or something, and some official-looking dudes whiz him out, Yeah. and I'm just left in the room. Yeah. Like, and I'm not... At the front of the room on stage, so to speak. I'm just at the side of the room. And no one's doing anything. And I sort of then I realised, am I in here to talk to these guys? No one told me to talk. No one told me to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So I just guessed I was and just started. And it seems Eric and CJ are outside laughing going, oh, it's Glenn, he'll be all right. And because someone out there said, no one told him what we wanted or anything. Oh, it's Glenn, we'll do all right. So anyway, that's the scene set. I've been thrown under the bus not knowing what to do with a group of, you know, intolerant 13 to 15-year-olds, um, you know, really on the edge of, you know, everyone knowing someone who's been murdered and killed and, you know, yeah. and all of that. So. so it was pretty tough. And, and Glenn was teaching a point about um, Michael Jordan, how Michael... Uh, during his heydays as a basketball player would be the first one at practice. He'd be the first one to arrive at practice and be practicing before everybody else arrived for practice. And he'd be the last one to leave. And the moral of the story was that out of all the basketball players in the world, Michael Jordan is the one that least needs to turn up the first and leave the last. So Glenn asked the, the team, the guys, the young, the young men, uh, is it NBA that they want to get into? And one of the young kids said, no, no, it's NBL for me. NFL. NFL, National Football, Football League. So the gridiron, as we would know it in Australia. And um, 
my and God. he wasn't I guess he was full on yeah he was full on he, he was wasn't crazy. I guess the NFL he was like no nah, man basketball no nah, NFL, NFL was I'm going to the NFL so Suleiman his name was so when he's big time I told him I promise you when you're NFL you need to give old Glenn who's going to be old man by then uh, an autograph <laughs> so he um, he was Glenn made a comment to him about how um, you know if you if he wanted to be a a hot gun NFL player, then he was going to have to come to practice. One of the things you have to do is come to practice first and be the last to leave. And Glenn referred to, you know, if you want to be the next refrigerator. And, and I couldn't think of a football player except for... For the fridge. <laughs> Which, in Australia, if you're over 38, you know exactly who the fridge well, is. maybe you do, but NFL... Well, you know, I mean, that was the only one yeah. we were taught. But all the adults in the room just... William the Refrigerator Perry, for all you oldies out there. Because the poor kids looked at Glenn and kind of went, no who? Idea. Who the hell are you... you know, like, and even half the... Dad's in the No, no, all crowd. the dads knew. They right. were, we were on the floor. Me and about eight adults were literally on the floor laughing because these kids <laughs> had no idea who the fridge was. That would be like saying to the kids, let's go, you know, go and put your VHS and watch, your, watch no, the VHS. It would be like saying to someone about, kids, like, like go and no let's idea. go talk about Don Bradman or something. No, no but they'd no, know Don Bradman. It would be like saying, not, not even Greg Chapel. It would no. be like... Just Do you know who Kim Hughes is? Yeah, that's who it would be. Yeah, some obscure, exactly really good cricket right. player in their day. Yeah, but did exactly. not make it to the exactly. to the 2018. Exactly. You know? And these kids have no idea. <laughs> you want to be the next Kim Hughes? You got a bat. Just, hard. And the parent, the the coaches and the parents, or the coaches and the teachers, and myself were rolling on the floor. Oh, but every time, and I leant over oh. and whispered to one of the guys, "This is the wrong man to be asking about, about football sport, in the NFL." Football. Yeah. No so, idea. Anyway, it was look. You know what? It was an awesome day because we then got to go and spend time with CJ and his family in their new house, and hang out with them and their kids, and then ET and his beautiful wife Dee Dee came, and their son Jalen came. We all had something to eat, and you know they are just the most amazing people. That was We're cool. Very blessed to have them in our lives. I tell yeah. you, hanging out with them, and uh, yeah. he can't help himself. He was seeing where we were at, and we sat down for a bit. Well, we're supposed to be just socialising and hanging. And he's um, he's given us some lessons on yeah. some of the new learnings he's undertaken, and that guy's never stopping learning. So, giving us some, uh, you know, of all Shared things, some things, yeah, some tonight. business structure advice, mm. which is unlikely from the motivational dude, but he's yeah. figured it out because yeah. he structured his business better than it ever was yeah. before. So, but the last thing I want to say, you know what? We've only been in Atlanta now for twenty four hours, and it's one a.m. in the morning here. And um, if there's anywhere, like, come to Atlanta, Georgia. It is beautiful, what we've seen so far. Mm, yeah, we're going tomorrow to see. Oh, this will be a dream, because um, Eric, you might have heard him in some talks where he says, uh, Dr. King is dead, Malcolm X is dead, and he's talking about iconic speakers. And then he has the audacity, and this is not unfounded audacity, but he has the audacity to say, I'm that new guy. Yeah. You know, if they're not here anymore, I'll pick up the rock and shoot, you know. And so to go to um, the Martin Luther King Memorial Which we're uh, to tomorrow. tomorrow, and he said he's going to come with us. He's going to come with us. That's going to be what, what a day. Yeah. What a beautiful yeah. day that'll it's be. be so my lesson is, though, um, when Michael Jordan metaphorically throws you the rock, like I didn't know I was going to be there speaking today. I had no idea. I had nothing prepared. I had nothing planned. We were in shorts and sandals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was not there to speak. I was there to just hang out with E and go to lunch or do whatever we were going to do for the day. We were there socialising. Just be a, We just said to Eric and his team, we're going to be this date. We'll be there. We'll just hang out. We'll just hang around. 
you know, and this is the day of the, the conference that had the basketball thing. But, you know, metaphorically, Michael Jordan threw me the rock. Like I was, I gave three speeches today to three different, completely different age demographics, parents, 10 year olds and 13, 15 year olds, you know. And um, so the lesson is that, sure, would preparation have been nice? Absolutely. Maybe would I have been better with preparation? I would think so. I probably would have done research and I would have not amused everyone above the age of 38 um, with my William the Refrigerator Perry reference. I would have been far less engaging if I'd have said Dan Marino or someone else. Well, Dan Marino isn't even current. Um, but you know what I mean? Like some, no, but the only name that came to my head was, was the 1982 oh player for the Chicago Bears. Um, and I, I didn't even tell them why. See, the only reason that name came to, to my mind, do you want to know? I'll tell you now. They'll never listen to this ever, 20 minutes into this. It's because he made a guest appearance at WrestleMania 2 in a special NFL wrestler gridiron what, crossover like battle royal or something. in 1983 yeah. oh or God, something. Just... So. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> only reason I even know William the Refrigerator oh Perry God, you... is because he was on WrestleMania 2 in a battle royal. I used to watch him play when oh, we with Dad. Dad and I used to win that. God, see, you you got more gridiron cred than I, I do. do yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. So no, I only knew him because of a crossover battle royal at WrestleMania 2. So for all you wrestling fans, there you go, testify. <laughs> but no, my, my lesson is a long-winded 20-minute way to get there. So whoever, in fact, whoever made it the 20-minute mark, you PM me. I'm going to send you a $300 program for no, free. No, no, PM me. Okay, PM Naomi. I'm going to send you a $300 program for free just because you've listened all the way to this final lesson, right? You're going to get a selection of what programs of ours you want. And we're going to give it to you absolutely for free because you've persevered 20 minutes of 1am rambling to get this one lesson. That if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Right? Like I said, if I could have prepared and been better today, possibly. Would have been less spontaneous. But if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. So, you know, with whatever it is you do, okay, so real estate agents, you need to be able to take your listing presentation at minute seven, in, at 1 a.m. in the morning and wake up at 1 a.m. in the morning, you need to be able to start from that word and do it word perfect. You need to know your craft so well that you never have to get ready to do anything because you were never anything less than ready. So there you go. That's my lesson. Um, that way when, you know, when Eric Thomas is ready to tweet you out on his social media channels to millions of people around the world, documenting it, recording it, when the cameras are rolling, if I had to get ready and said, no, no, I'm not ready, let me come back next time, then I would have missed the opportunity to be in front of potentially a million people. And now I don't have to wait for that next opportunity. I got it. So there's the lesson. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. So there you go. Anything you got out of today in closing, baby? No, no. It was just a real big eye-opener for me in many different ways, and that is that we have, um, we've got a very lucky in Australia. Mm, yeah, we do. That's the first thing. Because over here in Atlanta, Georgia, they are allowed to carry guns wherever the hell they want. They need a permit, but they, it's an open no, I don't gun. think they need a permit. Yeah, no, they do. It's an open gun policy, so they can strap their gun into their... They have them at Walmart. Well, no, they can strap their gun no. into their back pocket and walk into Coles. Yep. And no, their, no, but what I'm saying shopping? is you can buy them yeah, an AK-47 You can buy an AK-47 at Walmart, at Walmart. With ammo. With ammo and a, a booster thing which turns it from a semi-automatic into an automatic... Yeah, it's crazy. Huh? ...rifle. And the NRMA over here... The NRA. 
NRA. The NRMA has a breakdown is, automobile NRA, service. sorry, National <laughs> Rifle Association, refuse to allow automatic and semi-automatic rifles to be banned in, a, in America as they believe it is a constitutional right. And that, to me, is just... Well, I mean, that's the thing. It is a constitutional right that founded the country, so they're right. But that's why they have these things in the Constitution, in my opinion, called amendments. Correct. By definition, that constitution is amendable. Correct. So, but anyway, it ain't our country to live in. We visit, um, but that I do hear universally that everyone I know here suggests that there needs to be some yeah. change. And I think so. that I think the tobacco industry over here are probably very, very happy at the moment <laughs> because the spotlight is off them and on. Um, yeah, under guns. Under guns. So, anyway, so anyways, we do have it lucky. Yeah, we yeah, do, we have, do lucky. have it very lucky. So we'll check in a few days, I think, because uh, we're going up to see George St. Pierre in the next, well, leaves tomorrow and go see GSP uh, next day. So there you go. Thanks. Stick around for right, 25 guys. minutes. So PM Naomi, it seems. I don't have to do any work. PM Naomi on Facebook, you get a $300 gift. Well done for listening so long. All right. Good night, guys. Bye for now.